0: I got a great teaching for you this morning. Uh, well, I did have Sorry, I was quite I thought it was quite good, but it, it kind of has got um, torn up a bit and changed a bit. I think it 's by God and uh, so I kind of want to talk to you a bit uh, and uh, I hope you kind of bear with me, and I've got a feeling that it's in line with something that God wants to, to do with us. Yeah. Um, how many of you ever met God? How would you describe an experience of the presence of God? I have a little conflab. Let's say I just landed from Mars and you wanted to explain what it was like to have an experience of actually knowing God or meeting with God. What, what would you say? Okay, somebody... Uh, somebody uh, let me know, talk to me. Anybody here anything interesting? Brilliant. Brilliant, Yes. Isn't it interesting? Peaceful and determined. Teeth, teeth chattering. Disturbing. Sorry. Did anybody else hear anything else? Increased love for others. Increase love for others. Increase clarity. Increase clarity. Motivating. Joy. Heather, Wendy, overwhelming, yes, yes, Pender, yes, Penny, privilege that he would come to me, yeah, peace, yes, yeah, stabilising, yes, same. I've not heard anything bad yet. Completely absorbing, like you can't see it. Completely absorbing, yes. Would you say that when you first met with God, that there was... I accept that that could be part of it, but was there anything else when you first met with God that you would look back on? Are you sharing that? Or not? Freedom and release. Truth. You knew truth for the first time and real love, yeah. Drenched in love. Drenched in love. Ginny. Belonging, Belonging yes. Joy. In spite of circumstance, yeah. Complete, Greg. A wholeness, yes. Nice to have Greg and Catherine with us. Came to check on Elspeth and make sure. Thanks for the backup. We are having some serious problems. But no, we're going to get through (laughs) it. Excellent. All right, well, you know those things you just said? That was kind of more looking back. Would you say any of those things are still current okay let me take a little bit further would you say that they are current and constant no I don't think I've got anything to say to you this morning (laughs) 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 current and constant but to the point that you would like more it's what I call infinite satisfaction satisfied and yet weirdly desiring more of that well, I'm dissatisfied, but I'm so satisfied that I'm desiring more. And I uh, think what I want to talk about. Kind of what I want to say is, um, this is what we should get, but we can't. We can't. We can't get. This is what God gives. Now, we'll have a look at ways in which we co- can cooperate, but we are utterly dependent upon him, and that's what we're going to have a little look at. But To help us, um, Chris Chris is going to come, uh, because he shared something with me uh, recently, which I think is part of what I think God is saying to us at this time. So, he's going to just bring that to us, and then I'm going to come back and, and chat and meander and wander a bit more,
1: okay come on, Chris so um, I'd recently um, reread Isaiah 55 and um, I'd heard a song and it, it uh, bring, brought some illumination and but I just kept being brought back to it, I, I read it and I reread it, and I kept being drawn back to it. So we're going to have a look at look at that. Um, verse six says, "Seek the Lord while he can be found; call on him while he is near." Then verse ten says, "Whereas the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and don't return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth." And bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, that goes forth from my mouth. For it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing that, for which I sent it. But you shall go. you should go out forth with joy, and be led out with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come a cypress tree, and instead of the brier shall uh, up shall come the myrtle. And it shall be to it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that He shall not be cut off. And I was just struck anew by. Um, the power of God's word and the massive and dramatic change that it can have. If we, when we hear it and, and we receive it, in verse 10 it says it will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And verse 11 into 12, when you read that, it says it, its power sends us out with joy and peace and all creation will make a way and cheer us on. And then if you go right back to the beginning of the, of the chapter, if you reread verses 1 and 2, it satisfies us and leads us to live in abundance. And I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter because it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, when, we've, when we've looked at this chapter in the past, as, as, it's kind of written into it, but we've there's a way in, in which we've taught it maybe. Um, there's been a bit of a pause between verses 11 and 12. And I was just struck by the by the way um, that those two verses should be connected. I actually think verse 12 should start, um, for when you hear God's word, you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace, and the mountains and the hills and so on and so forth. So there's a couple of questions that I've been asking myself um, in relation to it. There's, Basically, can I articulate what God is saying to me right now? Do I know what God's word is for me? And am I living in the good of it? Do I feel like I have seed to sow or bread to eat? Or am I sent out in that power and and joy and, and peace?
0: Thank you. It's very interesting because as you link those together you're looking about the applied power of God's word. Again, it's something that God does. It's God's promise. God always fulfills his word. And the fact that we could expect something which is not just in the past, but ongoing and continually having a powerful effect. And I want you to keep that uh, in mind as we look at these things uh, together. So that You know, I mean, it could lead, just imagine, it could lead to our normal, everyday thinking, including him. Imagine that. I'm talking about living in that kind of strength of his word and his promise being part of our everyday So we're not just looking back, but we're living in that. Imagine having an appetite for more of God that just cannot be quenched. The things that we say, the things that we've sung and declared today, just capture your imagination. I'm sure you do as I do. You take a little time sometimes. I was doing it even this morning and I was thinking, wow. But I want to live in that. Now, here's where I'm coming from. There's lots and lots of good things happening. We've heard about it even just now. And we went round. There's a huge number of testimonies and we're excited and great things happening. God is making provision. Uh, We had this... Uh, meeting with the planners, the first, what they call the pre-app meeting with the architect, meeting with the planners, it gives you a kind of heads up uh, on the new build, uh, what would be acceptable, what wasn't. The architect said afterwards, wow, that was positive. He said, normally this is the point where they kind of raise all sorts of issues and problems as a heads up. Um, But the outcome was very positive. So we thank God for that, because we were praying into that. You know, I don't really want to take the time, but you don't probably need me to go through all the things that, that are happening and the provision that God's making and the testimony that in many cases you personally could bring of God's dealings. And yet, and yet, I'm not satisfied. I'm not saying I'm not satisfied with God. I'm not satisfied that we've reached the, the zenith, the completion, uh, the absolute of what we could have in knowing and enjoying the ongoing presence of God, which is not something which we just experienced in a meeting, but it affects us in the totality of life, so that our thinking, our intention, uh, our direction, somehow that, that closeness... And that sense of his presence becomes consuming. You think I'm off me rocker? Uh, if I am, I'm very happy. You know, I, I'm not satisfied with me. I'm not satisfied that we're living in all what God has provided for us. Do you agree? Let's, um, Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Or well, taste is, you know, God is a great provider, when i are just talking about it, and he gives good gifts. And we're tasting of that. And then seeing, seeing what he's like. I think when we talk about God's goodness we see what he's like. When we hear testimony we say, wow, that's my God that did that. Don't you, don't you feel that? And I hear things that are happening and I think, wow. I talked to you about uh, the particular story of Keith Marsh, uh, how he went through all that awful uh, betrayal and persecution and in the goodness and grace of God, God kept him with a pure heart never ever one little kent of bitterness and uh, then eventually he ends up in a different place with this job working with boats which is i mean just you couldn't have described a better thing for him and when i visit him for me as well so yeah when i saw that when i saw that unfolding i thought wow that's my god that will enable somebody in the most extreme of circumstances retain a pure godly heart with no recriminations no bitterness and then will bring him into into a place to just bless him and and build him up as he's thrust into the community and given an opportunity in a whole different <coughs> sphere to what he was before. One Peter two, chapter one Peter uh, one Peter chapter two verse two. This is about this ongoing thing. This is about living in the experience. That Chris just read to us from Isaiah 55. Like newborn babes, crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now I need to tell you something, but you know you got to you got to sort of keep quiet on it. Um, my <coughs> grandson Arthur. is often with us early in the morning because he hasn't yet really learned to sleep so we try to help and he would be there at breakfast time he's two and a bit getting lots of words um, intelligent because obviously he's my grandson so you'd expect that but his latest thing is when I sit down with my cereal which is the limit, of course, of what I can have for breakfast, Uh, he comes up next to me and he's learnt to say, more milk, more milk, more milk. Now, it's absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the milk that I have might might just by accident be slightly sweetened by the sugar on the cereal. Nothing to do with that. That's a bit you've got to keep quiet about, all right? Because grandparents are allowed to do things that parents are not. But so much. I mean, it started off, by the way, I'm Papa. I'm far too young to be Grandad, all right? So let's keep that clear. So one spoon for Papa, one spoon for him. That's how we work. It seemed quite fair. But actually, he's tasted something which he sees is very good. And he's getting closer and closer. So he's nearly on my chair, I'm nearly in the bowl and I'm kind of fighting to get my bit because he's very keen that he gets as much as he possibly can. He's tasted something. Now, what I'm looking for is more of that because I have tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good and I want that reaction, response, that craving, that thing which, which causes me to hunger and yearn after him in greater measure than I've ever known or experienced are you with me so far experiencing beyond an experience beyond any other i'm kind of enveloped in his love ah i could i could really really enjoy that so look let's have a look I'm working on the basis that you're saying, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably go with that, yeah? If not, you're missing out on something, because you did very well in answering my questions, but really, can you really describe what it's like to experience the presence of God? You can pick out certain things, certain aspects, which you did and which was good, but the totality of that experience you've got to taste it and you've got to see and if you're not in that place of craving for more then let's get back to the tasting and seeing the seeing of all the good things that he does and tasting of what he's like something that works within us that creates a significant and important desire. How can I? I've been thinking about this. How can you describe? Well, I'm going to describe maybe one or two personal encounters. It kind of helps, but guys, you've got to experience it and experience more and more and more because thankfully this is not looking back. You see in the church of my parents which I rejected their faith and their expression of it in the latter teenage years but I had noticed something about the Holy Spirit. But actually, what I'd noticed, I did not find attractive. I found it was kind of noise, not in tears, but not much more afterwards. It was like a passing emotion. So when God brought me to himself, and I began to be interested and have a desire, because God was at work, I began to think about this experience of God in the Holy Spirit and I've told you the story before. God had a real laugh on me. You know, when God sometimes turns around and says, checkmate, gotcha, yeah? So I was going to this youth meeting at the Pentecostal church after God was drawing me back to himself. I've mentioned to my cousin that I might be interested. Oh, he said, I'll tell the pastor. I came very ready with all excuses. I was not going to get involved in that. I had to leave early. I got a journey back. So I arrived and he said, uh, Oh, uh, Roger was saying that to me. Uh, come in now. Wait a minute. There's no meeting, there's no build up, there is no emotional development. Uh, i have just driven, i have travelled on the train from London down to Hertfordshire, then jumped in the car and driven to Dagnum. Uh, so, I, you know, it wasn't much of a build-up. I walked in and he goes to the sink in the corner of his room, turns the tap on, he said that's, that's how God the Holy Spirit is, he's right there. It's not about a build-up. Prayed for me, God filled me with the Holy Spirit. God filled me with his Holy Spirit. It was an experience that I can look back on now. I never, ever, ever after that could have doubted the presence of God because God did something that I could not do. This is not about agreeing to some belief system. This is not about picking up a doctrine. This is not about choosing a nice church. This is not about enjoying the songs. This is about an encounter with God that was life-changing. that that affected my whole being and has continued to. But I want more. I felt God say, so you said it was just emotionalism? Huh. No way. He construed to work out circumstances so that there's no way that it could be written off. He was demonstrating that he was God and he will meet with somebody whose heart is open towards him not always has it been like that there have been times times that I can look back on but hear me carefully I'm not just interested in looking back can you hear what I'm saying? I'm interested in looking forward I'm interested in the now I'm interested in seeing that restoration of what I call spiritual passion Something that we need to be renewed constantly in his presence. Something that I believe God is interested in doing. And we, see, what we keep on saying. Blessed is he whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Who's determined that this is not our resting place. This is not it. We thank God for everything, for what he's doing, for what he's done. But this is not it there is something more. And here's the interesting thing. God is more than willing to step in and confirm his word. See, so I think it's very useful sometimes when people say, well, I'm not sure about whether God exists. Uh, often we've done this. We say, okay, well, that." that's okay. Are you willing for us to pray that God will reveal himself to you? We can't actually determine the way. Boy, that's, that's exciting. That's exciting. I'm driving home, got two or three guys in the car, again some years ago. And we were just looking to God for his presence. And the presence of God came down in the car. On a, a back road not far from Waltham Abbey I mean I'm talking about the presence of God coming into the car to the point I could not even drive the car I pulled into a field goodness as if the farmer had come along I mean we just erupted in praise and worship for I don't know how long uh, in the middle of the night now, these are, these are significant experiences I'm not so sure about the experience when I sat in a room, in a front room of a house, just two or three of us. The presence of God came. The presence of God came in such a way that I was frightened to go like that. Because if I did, I might touch the very presence of God. That's how it was. I mean, I'm remembering it as though it was yesterday these are things of the past, but God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I'm saying, guys, you need to have ongoing encounter experiences that create something inside you that's called a hunger or a desire that causes a a renew, a constant renew of, of, of a passion, passion, love, desire, something which is not about fulfilling terms of some kind of contract, but something which is internally driven. Has anybody ever been in love here? Hmm? Oh, there's three of you, that's nice. Oh, four, Okay. I'm talking about in love with your know, wife or girlfriend or whatever, or husband or whatever. I mean, there's no, there's no rules. It's not, it's not kind of you don't look up in a book. I must do this, and I should respond like that. It's something that is that is within. That's why God brings us into a into a love relationship, so that. That, that the motivation towards him is something that's constantly renewed, because it consumes our whole being, especially our spirit. Listen, I don't really want people to be faithfully, you know, engaging and faithfully trogging along, and this is what we've always done, and we, you know, we 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 into the pattern of it now. Oh. God, deliver us from that. Into the, into the excitement, the pulsating excitement of meeting and enjoying the presence of God. It's great when we come together. And we just enjoy worshipping together. I'm sure I enjoy it a lot more with you here. You know, if I came here on my own, it wouldn't be the same. You know, there's something about coming together in it, don't you think? Can't depend on that can't depend on that when I look back I think yes God has given me a variety of opportunities a variety of times and I thank God because everything has built something in but I'm also looking for where we go from here what's next I can't I can't fill me with the Holy Spirit remember being filled with the Holy Spirit is be being filled yeah We're, we're aware of that Be being filled. I can't do that. Uh, You can't do it. But he can. He is the one who fills us. It's too simple. What can we do? Ask. Yeah, that's a good start. But let me just help us with a couple of other things to kind of help ourselves in this. Remember, I'm not talking about a passing sort of experience which appears very impressive emotionally but doesn't leave anything. I'm talking about something that is ongoing, consuming. I do love those times. There's great times when God comes. I was thinking back when I was thinking about this in Zimbabwe uh, when Jamie and I were there in January, February... A particular time with those leaders there where the presence of God came in. And I think there are times which are are particularly refreshing. Uh, But equally, any time I turn and he's there. But let's look a little bit at that that turning because that's key and that's important. It's wonderful to have that opportunity to be knowing and being refreshed in his presence. Let's have a little look at this. Uh, Some years ago, uh, I talked about the cloud in the Old Testament, of course, represents the presence of God. And the children of Israel, uh, when they came out of Egypt and were being led to the Promised Land, were instructed to uh, follow the cloud by day. That represented the presence of God, the pillar of fire by night. And the thought occurred to me that if we fail to keep our sight on the cloud, and we've got a little picture somewhere, yes, uh, we can end up just going along with the crowd, but that's okay. But in the next picture we see what happens. Yes, we just get lost in the dust. Sadly, it is possible for us just to be going along with the crowd. But in truth, we're lost in the dust. We're not seeing, we're not connecting. We're no longer focused on the cloud and receiving in that interaction in the way that God intended. See what happens? Let me just quickly run through this. By the way, this this was quite an impressive situation quite a church, a church of over a million, experiencing miracles every day, having a leader that constantly was in conversation with God, having supernatural provision and were well fed, but lost, actually, in a dust, dust of rebellion, a dust of missing out on the presence and the clout. You see, if that happens, if we lose the central issue of being renewed and refreshed in our love for him, what happens? They got preoccupied with collecting the manna, you know, God provided it every day. Getting what they needed, finding some alternative source of life, something that helped them, made them more comfortable. Probably were looking at the scenery and seeing what it was like around and whether they liked it there or didn't. Probably focused on their own comfort, what was what was good for them, because they were caught up in a thing instead of lost in God's purpose. You know, they each time the cloud moved, you remember they had to move. You know the story, don't you? So you you just got the kids in school. Just got them settled and you wake wake up in the morning the wife says the cloud's gone oh no I was just comfortable here my cucumbers were just about coming through the tomatoes were nearly ripe and uh, I'm who's doing that? did you do that? (coughs) right I'm not doing work following my notes yet alone if they're on the floor see it's easy to get preoccupied and distracted by things which are not necessarily bad, but they're not God. And that's not where he wants us to be. So, we've got to avoid that. We've got to watch. And I'm just going through this because I'm wanting to understand, are these symptoms present? If you need any convincing, I'm just saying, are the symptoms present? That somehow you're more preoccupied with, you know, looking after you or getting provision or being comfortable or um, looking at uh, uh, the the sort of scenery, what it's like, the mechanics of what's around. Uh, It's it it can be very very persuasive, but it's not God. You're overly focused on uh, success. Uh, career, education. So that that becomes a more determining factor than even what is pleasing to God and what is God given at a given time. They are things to absolutely avoid. Because the problem is it comes to uh, it all leads to failing to value who he is and what we've got. I know that unless we are in that place of turning being renewed being refreshed meeting God not necessarily in the dramatic ways that I've been talking about that we just become people that are trudging along I also know that unless there's a real experience of God that there will be faltering and failing in the walk with God That no matter how good the pastoral care, how good the meetings, how good the youth thing, how good the children stuff, any of these things, frankly, will not suffice unless there's that personal engagement and meeting with God. That's the bad news. The good news is this is what God wants And this is what he has provided and this is what he urges upon us yet again and upon me that there is nothing more important than accessing the presence of God no matter how good things are no matter how great no matter how much his provision no matter how wonderful the testimony it has to come down to our engagement that our passion is renewed because we're in his presence seeking his face as being absolutely vital. Well, the cloud provides a number of other things, but I have limited myself to time because I just wanted to talk these things around and talk them with you. I was uh, quite ready to share this with you, Um, all all kind of raring to go. And I dropped in to see Daniel yesterday, and he said, oh, there's this, there's this uh, article you you need to see this, and it was really I felt part of what God was giving and, and saying uh, for us for now, and uh, so I want to I want to just refer to that. Um, eight times in the Scripture, God's word says, "Take heed to yourself." And one of them is in Acts five thirty-five. Um, Really, really important direction to take heed to ourselves. In Psalm 77, it says about my spirit makes a diligent search. So this is something which goes beyond me taking a list. Well, yes, I, I uh, you know, helped out in that situation. I served in that and I, I didn't react wrongly in that. It, it's, it's way beyond that. This is about what God the Holy Spirit does. He goes on to say in this article about becoming a good repenter. Um, And this this is important because these are ways, as well as what I've just said about making sure we're not lost in the dust, this is probably the active response that we can make if we're embracing the message of we have the opportunity to experience ongoing restoring of our spiritual passion, our hunger, and our love for God. Repentance. Well, that we know about that. We've been there, done that. And he went on to say, uh, this, is, this is not the repentance of, you know, I told a lie, or I stole something, or... Um, I've got hatred in my heart. It's not that. This is about repenting, turning from iniquities. Iniquities are the hidden thoughts that we don't see. Uh, it's like the residue that's left in us from our fallen nature. It can be our thoughts, our motives, our feelings, our responses, our desires. What he's saying, and this is what we believe, and this is what the scripture says, is that if we come, and this is one of the things we can do, Lord, I want to come into this place of closeness. I want to come into this place of intimacy. I want to know not something being imposed from the outside, but I want something like this first love that kind of just whirls up, consumes and directs me and it comes from within it comes by the power of your holy spirit it doesn't come because it's what i can do it doesn't come because of the number of meetings i go to it doesn't come because of the way i sing the songs or even just read the bible it comes because god the holy spirit is working within me now what he's giving us is some little tips some things that how we can we can't do it but how we can cooperate and come into the place where god can do that which He desires and that which is what we desire. Turning from those. Repenting of something you don't see. So God will help you to see them. It's basically coming like this. Okay Lord, search my heart. Please remove or reveal any barriers. Not that I'm just a good boy but Lord, that I come into the place of your presence. I know again that restoration of passion, that I experience what it is to walk with you in the cool of the evening, was the expression that was spoken of Adam. Imagine. Enjoying worship and feeling so close to him that you'd know what it's like when he lifts the burden of anxiety and fear. Imagine when you realise that actually he's speaking to you. Imagine that his presence is so real that you feel you could reach out and touch him. Imagine that your desire is such that you feel almost addicted to the presence of God denying God himself come on guys let your imagination stretch imagine imagine God at work in such a way that there's this hunger and desire that consumes imagine peace flooding into you even when you're kind of questioned or criticized and beyond the conflict comes a peace. Imagine that you're not trying to to drive yourself just to do the right thing, but you're coming into that place and saying, Lord, any barrier, let it be removed. Imagine that your love and care for others is not coming out of duty. It's coming from within. And somehow, you're able to focus on them more than yourself. Imagine if you feel as if you could burst if you weren't to speak of his goodness. The only choice that we have to make is this, this old John's having a wild dream, bless his heart give him a glass of water and cool him down or is this what God wants guys if it's what God wants you have a solemn responsibility to say yes yes here's our future our future is not on funding is not on buildings is not on pastoral care is not on fellowship our future is on the presence of God and the refreshing anointing and the restoration of spiritual passion on a constantly recurring basis. There's our future. Amen.
1: Okay. We can't get it. This is what
0: God gives. James, can you come back? This encounter with God, central to all that we are and all that we do, is power to change things in the everyday. That appetite that cannot be quenched. There'll be an opportunity to have someone stand with you at the end uh, and so on. But right now, I want us to just take a moment and say, Lord, how does this how does this word apply to me? So let's just let's just be quiet a minute. Lord deliver me from a pattern. I want to follow that cloud. I'm not lost in the dust. Faithfully following what you are saying.